faith is old, my heart is hard, my prayers are cold, and I know how I ought to be alive to you and dead to me. Sing it together to the Lord. Close your eyes. Sing it to Jesus. Unless your heart is not hard and your eyes are not dry and your prayers are not cold and your faith is not old. Otherwise, that just about means all of us, doesn't it? My eyes are dry. My eyes are dry. Faith is old. My faith is old, heart is hard. My heart is hard. My prayers are cold. My prayers are cold. And I know how. And I know how I ought to be. I ought to be alive to you. Alive to you. And dead to me. before him the Lord says draw near to God and he will draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners purify your hearts you double minded mourn, weep, be miserable let your laughter be turned into mourning your joy into gloom pour the anointing of God out upon all of us God so that we can be a pleasing people heal your land oh God My eyes are dry, my faith is old, my heart is hard, my prayers are cold, and I know how I ought to be. My faith is 
specifically about them raise your hand up specifically about them be honest glory to God as we sing this next song together I'd like those people to open the curtain so we have more room down here please like those of you that feel you need to come and commit your life to Jesus as Lord, possibly for the first time in your life. Those of you who have not been living a right life before God. You've had bitterness in your heart. You've had sin on your hands. And God wants you to come to the fountain and wash it clean. And true repentance, true faith, and true holiness. Come to a holy God and become a holy people. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. This week we've been doing a series of messages on the seed and the soil and identifying what each one is. Today we're going to deal with that that third Christian. But let's review quickly so that we're up to date and we know where we stand. Those who have the seed sown on hard ground are the pathway. They hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. They're going to be lost. These are the ones that are hearing the word without a willingness to be obedient. They want heaven now without any self-denial. They want no suffering in their life. They consume entertainment constantly. They're on their cell phone or on the computer. They will not deal with, with sin. Hard, packed down soil. They've gone this way so many times. They've walked this path so many times. It just is the normal, natural way for them to go. And the result is they cannot walk with Jesus Christ. They can have a form of religion, they can go to church, but they cannot be Christians. The rituals only pack the soil down more firmly. Second, the rocky ground receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they don't have any root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. These are the ones who hold on to their darling sins. They're impatient with the Holy Spirit. They repent and then quickly go back to their sins. Unwilling to just endure. Endure is a key word in the walk with Jesus Christ. 
They want praise and worship, but they don't want any pain. These first two types of soil all receive the same word of God, the same preaching, but because of their selfish hearts, they don't grow in Christ. Now the second that we're going to deal with, the third that we're now going to deal with, is the seed that fell among thorns. Stands for those who hear in the 8th chapter of Luke. Thorns. Stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. There's a key word in this passage that says it all. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but go on their way. They go on their way. They're choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures. Worries is not speaking here about just being concerned in your heart. Worries here stands for responsibilities. The responsibilities of life. Well, what are they? Pay the mortgage payment. Pay the rent. Pay the payments on the, on the car or other debt that we might owe. The responsibilities for taking care of the house. If the furnace goes out, do you know what to do? Do you know who to call? If you have other problems, do you know how to handle them, or are you thrown off, you don't know what to do? In other words, someone who can handle life's worries is a person who has matured. They have grown. They're willing to be responsible. Life's worries. I know many of you have a great deal of concern about can I make the payments on the car? Can I make the payments on the mortgage or on the rent? What am I going to do? How am I going to handle my situation? But you mature. You learn how to handle it. Then it comes to riches. They're choked out by the way their money market is growing or not growing. They're choked out by how their savings for vacation is progressing. They want to go on vacation, but they've got to have money. Or they're going to decide to use the credit card. And then they have to pay the credit card back. They're the ones who have learned how to be mature in the handling of debt. I know how to make a car payment. Don't owe any money on the car. Then you don't have a car payment due. And then finally, pleasures. Work hard, play hard. I've heard that over and over through my life. The pleasures of life, the pleasures of going to a restaurant and enjoying a wonderful meal, the pleasure of meeting friends, having dinner with them at their house, or having them come over to your place, the pleasures of just enjoying the many things that can be done in your life that you really like. It could include the sports that you like. 
the television shows that you love, the YouTube adventures, TikTok. These are all pleasures. And they grow up in your life like thorns. So that you have your life as a whole. You have your work. You have your responsibilities. You have your pleasures. And you've had to grow up and learn how to handle all of those things. And life has become much more pleasant, hopefully. But he says, these are the very things. As you go on your way, as you go on with your life, these are the very things that will choke out. I'm going to use a term, heads up. They will choke out your ability to deal with the kingdom of God. There are two kingdoms. There is the kingdom of this world. It loves the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then there is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And Jesus came to announce the kingdom of God is near. John the Baptist came to proclaim, the kingdom of God is coming. Well, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is an actual kingdom. It's not imaginary. The kingdom of God is the royal rule of God over your life and over this earth. And we are in the process of watching as the royal kingdom of God invades the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of God comes with light and power. The kingdom of God comes with a change of rules, a change of interest, the kingdom of God is not about not about the pleasures or the money or being responsible in this world. Oh yes, we'll be responsible because that's part of the kingdom of God, being responsible for what I do and what I say and where I go. And yes, the kingdom of God will involve itself in money. I used to say, let me see your checkbook and I can tell you what your interest is in the kingdom of God. But now most don't use checkbooks. They use a charge card, debit card. Show me how you spend your money and I'll know where your interest is, either in the kingdom of darkness or in the kingdom of light. Where you spend your money, how you spend your money, will tell me much about the character that you have in Jesus Christ or in the devil. I'm very concerned about, about money. Why? Because both kingdoms require large amounts of finances. The devil's kingdom requires large amounts of money for those vacations and for those other activities that you enjoy engaging in. Going out to eat. Much of that can be transferred over to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. go out and eat? Who do you talk with about the kingdom of God? Do you tell the waiters or waitresses that the kingdom of God is coming, that Jesus will soon be here and there will be a final judgment day? Do you ask them, are you Christian? 
Do you love Jesus? I boldly ask people what their stand is regarding Jesus and the coming of Jesus. So, you see, everything either fits into the kingdom of darkness or into the kingdom of light. We rent. We make that rental payment every month. But it's for the kingdom of God. Because we gather here on Thursday nights for Jesus Christ. We gather here on Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon for the Lord Jesus. People come and see us. They ask us questions. They visit with us. They want to know answers. That's all a part of paying rent. So you have a place where people can come. What I want you to see is that the kingdom of God is distinctly separate from the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of God is about giving. It's about helping men and women, boys and girls, enter into the kingdom of God. Now, this is not new. You all know this. Kingdom of God, we, of course, would say, that's the church. No, that's not necessarily true. The world is filled with ungodly pastors and ungodly churches that have nothing to do with the kingdom of light. They're simply businesses. They run like businesses. They look like businesses. They act like businesses. Don't mistake those kind of pastors and churches with the real McCoy that is about reaching out and bringing men and women into relationship with Jesus Christ and teaching them and disciplining them, helping them to understand how to be separate from the world, how to cut the world off. Now, thorns are interesting to me because I'm a farm boy. Pastors don't just live by themselves. You have to take care of pastures. If you have livestock or sheep and you feed those cattle or that livestock, you feed them on your pasture. That's what pastures are for. But you're going to have to be careful. Run the groundhog over them. Cut down the blackberries that pop up. Cattle don't like to graze with blackberries because it cuts their skin. It also means you're going to have to put whatever chemical treatment on it that it needs, if it's lime or whatever. It also means that you're going to have to not overgraze that pasture. And then, of course, there are the thorns that grow up in every pasture. I remember when I was a boy, Dad taking a can out and pouring some oil on that plant and then setting it ablaze. You have to burn those things out of your life. Things that choke out or reduce your ability to function in the kingdom of God have to be burned out of your life. We are not part-time in the kingdom of God and part-time in the kingdom of this world with its pleasures and its wickedness. We are full-time in the kingdom of God. Remember, Jesus said, I don't have, like a fox doesn't have a place to lay his head. I don't have a place to lay my head down either. That is, the kingdom of the earth is a temporary 
place. It's not where we're going to remain. So those things that choke out the kingdom of God have to be burned out of our hearts. They have to be destroyed. They have to be cut off. When I consider this, I want to go to another part that will be perhaps shocking to you. My wife came to me this morning as I was in prayer and study and preparation for this broadcast. She sat down in the office in the studio and she said, I have a question for you. Okay. Are you deficient? I was shocked by her question. Are you deficient? I immediately said, Yes, I am deficient. Well, what did I mean when I said, I'm deficient? I have not yet met the minimum standard or expectation that Jesus has for his disciples who are a part of his kingdom. It's very clear that... Well, let me read it for you. Chapter 9 of Luke. I'll begin with verse 9. Chapter 9, verse 1. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power, dunamis, dynamite. He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. That's a minimum requirement for a disciple. Now, historically, you'll recognize that that's not been true. Azusa Street placed all of their emphasis on we must learn how to speak in tongues. Well, that's a very immature Christian. A mature Christian would never be satisfied with speaking in tongues in the Holy Spirit. Instead, they're going to be asking for the power to cast out demons, to set men and women free from those demonic powers that grip a man or woman's heart. Demons of sex, masturbation, Demons of of every sort. The lust for money, the lust for food, the lust for... That's always talking about... Lust is always talking about demonic powers. A misuse. A turning away from Jesus. And they can grow like a thorn until we're totally absorbed in our entertainment, until we're addicted to the alcohol. One dear woman who was an alcoholic, she was our neighbor. She was always racing her black Cadillac Escalade slamming into the garage. She was addicted to alcohol. She was what we call an alcoholic. Now, you can be very sure that in every addiction, there is a very strong demonic presence. And finally, she made the very courageous decision. Ask for help. Go to rehab. And there she got dried out. And she began to search after Jesus with all of her heart. Oh, but it's been ten years that she's been alcohol-free. No longer addicted. 
no longer given to the to the powers of darkness. She is a part of the kingdom of God. She's a part of the kingdom of light. But then we have to grow up in the kingdom of God. See, we grow up in the kingdom of this world. We learn how to make our, our payments on time. We learn how to manage our households. We learn how to go to the recreation that's healthy, working out at the gym. We learn all kinds of things that help maintain our physical, emotional life. We mature, we grow up. The problem comes when we come to the Christian life. I've shared this before. I was with a group of Episcopal men having a dinner. And I was asked, is there anything you want to say, Pastor? I said, yes. Have any of you won someone to Jesus in the last year? Not one person, not one man had won a person to Jesus Christ. How about five years? They said, oh, Pastor, that's not our job. Our job is to, is to maintain the church. Wrong. Could not be further from the, wrong, from the truth. If you have not won one person to Jesus in the last year, you've missed what it means to be a part of the kingdom of God. But even worse than that, and I'm guilty. I have prayed for people, and sometimes they have been healed, and sometimes they have not been healed. I lack power to cast out demons. I lack authority over the powers of darkness, which means that I am a deficient Christian. By, by definition, a mature Christian must have the ability to cast out demons, must be able to go to the prayer closet and cry out to God and get an answer. A mature Christian, they have to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. They have to understand and have the permission from Jesus to cast out the spirits of darkness, the unclean spirits. And they must also have the power to pray for the sick, to heal the sick. You see, this is the kingdom of God. Sickness is a part of the kingdom of the devil, not the kingdom of God. Now, does that mean that Christians don't get sick? Oh, no, of course not. They do. We do. I have a broken leg. But I've not received the authority or the power to heal that broken leg. I've simply received the promise of God that he will do it. And I know he will do it. And I've asked that he heal my brokenness in a way that brings glory and honor to Jesus. Now, what I'm saying may seem very controversial to you. But there is a place in the kingdom of God where the gifts of the Spirit are given. Not everyone is given the same Spirit. I'm sorry, not everyone is given by the Spirit the same gifts there will be different gifts. But there is a bottom line, authority over demon powers. And the ability to go to Jesus and pray for a person and hear what Jesus wants to do with them. See, the, 
the secret of the kingdom of God is that you do not allow thorns to grow up in your life and cause you to be comfortable and mature in the world of the flesh. Not be mature in knowing how to handle all of life's issues, but not be found hidden in Jesus Christ. You must be hidden in Jesus. Or you are an immature Christian. Or you are hidden in your maturity, in your worldly life. I find many Christians, they think there's no problem with participating in all of the worldly entertainment. They teach their children how to be very proficient in sports, but not in prayer. Doesn't that seem like an oxymoron? Doesn't that seem like something wrong? So often I find parents who love Jesus want their children to have all of the advantages of the world so they'll send them to become little ballerinos or baseball hot dogs. They'll convince them to train their children up in the way of the world so they can be mature in worldly things, but not in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me say it again. The kingdom of God is a real place. It is the reality of God's authority over your life, controlling your actions, your beliefs, your commitments, controlling your giving, controlling you. Are you a mature Christian? Or are you an immature Christian? Or are you not even really a Christian at all because your heart has grown so hard and all you have now are the rituals of the church? You don't really have Jesus. Do you have Jesus? Are you filled with the Spirit of the living God? Is your heart vibrant and alive in Jesus? Are you cold-hearted? Walking in the world, following the ways of darkness, lusting after the pleasures of darkness. See, some of you are just normal people living a normal life. Being a Christian is not normal. Not in this world. It'll be normal in heaven, but it's not here. Here it means you do things and say things and act in ways that are totally opposite the world's program. It means you sacrifice your money for the work of the gospel. It means you give your time and energy for the work of the gospel. Some of you don't even imagine what the work of the gospel is. Healing the sick, casting out demons. Yes, Mr. Producer, would you say? Hello, Mr. Producer, did you say something? I heard him say something, but I don't know what he said. Do you hear my concern today? That you would be brought totally into the kingdom of God and that we, Pastor Ray, and many others, would quickly mature so that we could be in a place 
where we would heal the sick. We would cast out demons. We would have every addiction of our heart cast out. What is the addiction? The lust to do certain activities, sports or other activities. It's just what we do. It's not about the kingdom of God. It's about our kingdom. It's about building ourselves up. It's about looking good. I don't want to look good anymore in this world. I want to look good for Jesus Christ. Now let's pray. Lord Jesus, I really don't know how to do this. All I know is that you spoke to me many years ago and I have not done a sufficient job. You said, if you want my power, read my word. And so I began reading your word and then advanced and began to read your word time after time through the year. And this year I'm doing that again. In the month of January, I'm reading the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And it's a joy to me to read. But Lord, more than that, it means growing up and being responsible in the kingdom of God. In the same way, I've had to grow up and be responsible in the world, paying the rent taking care of life's responsibilities with the car, things that need to be done. But Lord, what I want is that I would do that same thing with your kingdom. I would be faithful in my giving. I'd be faithful in my prayer. I'd be faithful in my reading of scriptures. I'd be faithful in sitting and waiting before you. Lord, one of the joys of my life that I am doing increasingly more of is just to sit in your presence and wait upon you to see if there's anything you want to say to me. Meditating on your word. Waiting for you. Probably one of the most difficult things we have to do as Christians is endure. To wait upon you saying that you are first in our hearts and our lives, and I give my time and my energy to simply sitting before you, waiting before you, in case you have anything to say to your servant. Lord, I pray we could grow up, that we could burn out these thorns in our hearts. I know many precious brothers and sisters who have thorns in their pastures. Lord, I pray you would give us the courage to burn these thorns out of our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. Now we have time, and I promise that today we would take that time to pray about your sickness. Yea, even to pray about your addiction. Lord, I come today and I have brothers and sisters who are afflicted with disease, housebound. I have brothers and sisters who are in a great deal of pain and suffering. Lord, I'm asking that you would do in their hearts and in their bodies what is necessary to relieve them, to heal them, 
to raise them up by your presence. Lord, I have a sister who is facing dementia. She needs to be healed. I stand now by faith and I speak to that dementia and I say, Be gone in the name of Jesus. Be of sound mind and body in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Lord, a brother who is oppressed by demon spirits. Lord, I come now in your name and I command these demon spirits to stop choking this brother, to stop oppressing him, to leave now, be gone. You are not welcome in this brother's home. And I pray, Lord, that you will rebuke these evil spirits and cast them out now in the name of Jesus Christ. I know of a brother who is addicted to sex, abusing even his wife, Lord, I pray you'll stop this man in his tracks and take from him his his taste for twisted sex. I ask, Lord, for healing in this man's family. I ask for protection for he, his wife, and his children. Lord, these addictions to alcohol. One precious woman, so pleasant to be with, addicted to alcohol, a drug addict, still works, but a drug addict. Would I ask that you would turn this precious woman to your kingdom? She says, oh, I'm a Christian, but Lord, she's not. She's addicted to alcohol. That means there's a strong demonic influence over her life. I'm asking that that strong demonic influence be broken now in this sister's heart. And Lord, there are others who are suffering pain, who are sensitive to Five minutes. Electronic. Lord, they're they're afflicted by the electronic. I don't even know how to speak about it. I just know it's true. So they can't have a cell phone. They can't watch the internet. Lord, I ask that you would heal this precious woman and build up her immune system. Lord, I I recognize that this world is filled with suffering, with pain, with brokenness. My leg is broken, Lord, and it's painful all the time. But I know your promises are real, and I know you will heal my leg. I'm just asking that as you heal my leg, you would do it in such a time and such a place in such a manner that your name would be glorified. That your name would be lifted up. Lord, we seek your kingdom and your kingdom alone. But Lord, I see we're going to have to all grow up into your kingdom We're going to have to look beyond ourselves and our experience. And we're going to have to begin to cry aloud for husbands and wives 
We're going to have to begin to cry aloud for family members and for friends. We're going to have to begin to call upon you to send forth your Spirit in great power that they would fall under conviction and their lives would be turned around, that they would no longer scorn the work of the Spirit, but would praise you. I know there are some who are married to men or women who are not Christians. And Lord, I ask that that would be changed, that you would move in power to give husbands and wives one faith, one stand, one laying down of their life for the gospel, your gospel, Jesus, of the kingdom of heaven. Lord, I thank you for hearing my prayers today. And I thank you for answering. I stand by faith, mighty God of heaven, for your answer to these prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Two minutes. Amen. Well, we're just about out of time for this broadcast. We're in the last minute. Please seek the Lord with all of his, all your heart. Seek after Jesus. Run after Jesus. Read the word. Pray. Seek his face. Ask for the power to cast out the demons. Ask for the power to heal the sick. Ask for the power to speak in ways to your family that will draw their hearts to Jesus. We'll be back tomorrow to speak about the fourth secret of the kingdom of God. God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.